every year, it's the same story. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, it is a great story. There are two birth narratives in the Gospels uh, about Jesus. One is in Matthew. We read that on Sunday. Uh, I read it to you on Sunday. And then there's the Luke passage. And we almost always use this Luke passage um, on Christmas Eve. And so, you know, every year I want to say something wise and insightful and different. If you're like me, I have been, and, and hopefully you're not, but uh, if you're at all like me, I, I grew up in the church. From the day I was born, I was in church every Sunday. Uh, 18 years perfect attendance, my first 18 years. Woo! Uh, and I'm not sure I can say I got a lot out of that, but uh, pins that hung down the whole front of my, uh, my jacket. But in the end, I had heard this story a lot of times, and I have told this story every Christmas, every Christmas. I have read this story, and every year, I guess it's a preacher's dream or nightmare to see if there's not something new that they can glean or some way to speak of this truth, because it's an amazing truth. But you hear anything enough times, and uh, it starts to lose the luster. And how do we give back the luster to the, perhaps the most important story, at least for uh, those who follow in the path of Jesus, the most important story um, for us that tells us, you know, about what God wants for us and imagines for us. So I'm going to read to you from Luke chapter 2, and we're going to see what we can do. And I think that was a royal we. I'll see what I can do. And if your faces just glaze over, I'll know. Okay, I've gone the wrong way. I chose the wrong way this year. And I'll try to change courses, which is possible too. So this is Luke chapter 2, the story of the birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus declared that everyone throughout the empire should be enrolled for the tax lists. The first enrollment occurred when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone went to their own cities to be enrolled. Since Joseph belonged to David's house and family, he went up from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to David's city called Bethlehem in Judea. He went up to be enrolled together with Mary, who was promised to him in marriage and who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for Mary to have her baby. She gave birth to her firstborn child, a son, wrapped him snugly, and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the guest room. Nearby shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night. The Lord's angels stood before them. The Lord's glory shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. Look, I bring you good news, wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your Savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great assembly of the heavenly hosts was with the angel, praising God. And they said, glory to God in heaven and on earth. Peace among those whom he favors. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Hey, 
Let's go and see this thing in Bethlehem and see what's happened. Let's confirm what the Lord has revealed to us. They went quickly and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they, were, when they saw this, they reported what they had been told about this child. Everyone who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds told them. Mary committed these things to memory and considered them carefully. The shepherds returned home, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. Everything happened just as they'd been told. You know, for the longest time, the church perhaps, I don't know, since shortly after the resurrection has been trying to show that uh, Jesus is like God in some way. But what about the opposite proposition that God is like Jesus? And if God is like Jesus, what does Christmas say to us about our God? You know, I hear words, you know, there are these wonderful old hymns. We don't sing them here very often, but that's okay. I like the songs we sing. But there are songs that talk about God as all-powerful, you know, all-knowing, all-good, all of those things. I don't know, when I look at a baby, I don't see all-powerful. I don't see all-knowing. I see, if anything, all-vulnerable, all-risk. I see uncertainty. I see humility. I see simplicity. Now, what if God is like Jesus in the same way that Jesus is like God? How do you feel about having a humble God? How do you feel about having a simple God? How do you feel about having a vulnerable God? Not just a vulnerable God, but an all-vulnerable God. A God who puts it all on the line because of love. You know how, maybe you don't know, some of you aren't old enough to, you know, have fallen in love and just done really stinking stupid things for love. You know, drive through the night to see somebody when you haven't had any sleep, you're finishing your last exam, and you're like falling asleep at the wheel, but you've got to get there, stupid as it may be, partially because your brain hasn't fully closed because you're not 25 yet. But you know, you get in the car and you drive and you do stupid stuff. Well, you wonder if, if the manger wasn't stupid. I mean, by our standards. Come on, you want to win us over with love? Send in a conquering army. Show us there's only one way to go. Show us that we don't have a choice. What kind of a God gives us a choice? Has he seen what we do? <laughs> what we do with choices? Not such good things sometimes. In fact, some pretty dumb things. But he... He risks it all because he loves you. Not just those dudes and dudettes living 2,000 years ago, but you, you sitting in these seats, you watching online, me up here. Don't, don't, don't try that at home. The hitting yourself with the Bible is just not a good plan. It's not a weapon, and it can hurt. So... Uh, the bottom line is, God loved you. And when you love someone, absolutely love someone, you risk it all. You put it on the line. 
Sometimes to other people, what you do for love looks dumb. Looks way too risky. It's scary sometimes. And that's what God did. The Christmas story is about a God who risked it all because of love. It's a love story. It's a love story that said, listen, I could send angels that dance in the sky and huge edicts, and I could do that booming voice. This is God calling you from highest heaven. Believe now. <gasps> Hang up immediately. That would not be God. That would not be God. God risked that you say, would say no. You know, the scariest moment in my life was driving in the car. This is, this is a proposal story. Not a good one, by the way. But it, w it worked out. It worked out. Linda had, had heard me preach the sermon that got me ordained as a deacon. We got in the car. We drove down to meet my parents. This was Linda's first meeting of my parents. The meeting went fine. It was good. They liked her. That's always a positive. You know, they liked her a lot. Now, I think they would trade her for me, <laughs> hands down in a second. But they liked her, so we're driving back in the car. I'm driving. Uh, we had had a manual transmission incident on the way down, and so now I was driving the car. And so, as we're driving, I say to Linda, <clears throat> in, I, I can still remember the horse dryness in my mouth. So you've met my parents. <clears throat> you, think, you think that marriage thing might work out for us or something? What kind of a terrible proposal is that, James, you know? But it was risky. Because Linda could have started laughing uncontrollably in the seat next to me. Did you do that, honey? I can't remember anything that happened after that. Well, I, we, we drove the rest of the way. We got back to northern, you know, to, to Maryland where I, you know, I, somehow. But the bottom line is it's risky and it's scary and you don't know what it's going to turn out like. And the possibility is always no. The possibility is always no. You know, one of the things God guards most carefully for us human beings is choice. God will never force anything down your throat. You don't have to believe anything, or you can believe everything. But in the end, do you believe enough in the yes of God to say yes back? I am willing to make love real in the way that I live, in the way that I think, in the things that I say, in all that I do, because that is the Christmas story. God laid it all on the line. God was vulnerable all the way through. Any one of you that's ever held a baby in your life know just how vulnerable it is. He or she. I was always, from the beginning, my first opportunity to hold a child was my daughter. I think I held lots of children before then. Actually, I was director of education. I held lots and lots of children, but suddenly there was this infant that had just been born, 
and the doctor or the nurse or somebody in some kind of gown and outfit in the room handed me this baby. And I was afraid I would break her. You know, I was really afraid. She's turned out just fine. She's, you know, 26. She's well, you know, doing fine. So apparently I didn't break her, but I was afraid. I was afraid. You know, like those folks out doing their normal gig, shepherds in the field, when an angel shows up, when an opportunity comes to say yes to love, it is scary. And too often, I think, in our society, in our world today, fear wins. Fear of the other, fear of God. What happens if I say yes to God and God asks me to do something I don't want to do? Like love the neighbor I don't want to love. What happens? Well, I guess you get another choice. <laughs> love the neighbor that's not like you or not. God will ask a lot of things of you in life, and your answer can always be no. Just like your answer could be no, this birth story makes no sense to me. And the fact that God could be all vulnerable, all risk, simple and humble makes no sense to me. So I can't buy this guy. I want a God who shoots lightning bolts. I want Zeus. <laughs> earliest pictures, paintings of God on the throne, modeled after Zeus. Powerful, long white beard. I just don't think that's what God looks like. I don't know what love looks like, except I saw it in a person in a manger 2,000 years ago when God broke his own rules about having no images made a perfect one and laid it in a manger, took all the risks, all the vulnerability, laid it on the line because I love you. You are my beloved. I love you. This is stupid. You can think it's stupid all you want to, but I'm risking it because you need to know. Can you love God back? And can you love your neighbor back? And can this season, can you expect more? Not more stuff, more love, more risk, more vulnerability, more authenticity, more transparency. Because I think that's what Christmas asks you, and me too. So I don't know about you, I'm going to give it a shot. I've been trying to give it a shot for a while, but, you know, uh, every moment's a new moment. I told you that already. I'm going to risk it again. It's time for us to pray. You know, not all of us in this world have everything that we need. You know, here on the West End, we try to help those, especially with food needs, through the West End Pantry, and so I look over here and I see these beautiful boxes that were decorated by members of our congregation and filled with food. And if you didn't, this is not a time for guilt. 
We're going to collect them through June, January the 6th, so if you feel like you want to bring a bag of food by, you don't even have to come to church on Sunday morning. You could just walk in the back door, hand me a bag of food, and walk back out. But if you'd like to have that kind of impact, I want to pray for all the people who will receive that food. I want to pray for the difference we can make by loving people, especially the ones that are hardest to love. That's when we really get stretched. That's how I know God loves me and that God is stretching. I want us to pray for peace on earth. That's what those stinking angels announced. <laughs> peace on earth, goodwill towards people. I'm missing a little goodwill these days. But I believe it's possible. And I don't have to have it from you. I can just make it from me. The choice for goodwill can just be an open one. The response is up to the others.